0: This is your podcast for All Things Refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 10. Interviewing the Best of Category winners in the third annual International Zebra Gold Brush Awards continues. Today, we chat with Sandra Martinez with Black Lab Furniture Revival, who won Best Staging. Sandra discusses her winning piece and shares some of her staging tips. Kimberly with Born in a Barn Boutique shares how to get the best finish when doing paint washing. We'll find out what Bethany with A, B, and C Creations, Kelsey with Renewed Rose Designs, and Shelly with Cedar and Sage are working on in their studios this week. On the Beginner's Bucket, Chris Donna with Bella Renovari by Chris Donna answers this week's question, can you paint over milk paint with chalk paint or vice versa? Julia with Jewel in the Wall Furniture receives accolades this week from a fellow refinisher, Casey with Magnolia Martin Designs. Stay with us, we have the inspiration, fun, and community that Will platform your day. We're excited to interview all of the 10 winners from the 2021 Zebra Golden Brush Awards, and we're taking our time as we want to make sure each has the opportunity to share their insights as well as tips related to their category wins. Today, we have the privilege of chatting with Sandra of Black Lab Furniture Revival. Sandra has been in the business long enough to impart a great deal of refinishing wisdom. She has won multiple awards and like so many others in this great industry, she does everything she can to assist and help others achieve their goals. Let's learn a bit more about her today. Hi, Sandra. How are you today?
1: I am good, Lane. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Well, it's a, it's a joy to have you. Sandra and I were just talking before we uh, hit the record button and, um, she's been on multiple times with sharing some tips and sharing what's happening in her studio, but. We were so surprised, or at least I was surprised, that she had never been on in an interview. So it's really good to have you on today. It's it's about time.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it will be a first for me to be able to say that I'm actually on a podcast. So I'm very excited. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'll be bombarding my family with, uh you know, <laughs> go listen to me on a podcast.
0: Yeah, that's a cool thing. Well, you know, Sandra, you know, I've got to ask, I got to put my weatherman cap on and (laughs) ask you some weather questions because I am so curious about uh, weather in all parts of the world. So you're in Chicago and this is early spring. Are you feeling spring yet?
1: You know, I think the Midwest always likes to play jokes on you know, on us because it's going to be 80 degrees this weekend, but right now we're at 47 and we had Uh. snow a couple of days ago. So we never really put out, you know, our jackets in the closet until, you know, past June.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I don't remember where my wife heard this, whether this was an author, somebody wrote down that April is the cruelest month, and when she shared that with me, this was several months ago, and I was like, April's not the cruelest month i I love <laughs> April because it's so close to you know spring is here, yeah. but you know what? I understand what that means because the weather is so back and forth, and you're so eager to plan and get spring stuff out, yes. and all of a sudden, you know it's seventy degrees one day. And the next day it's snowing or there's a frost, like for example, it's just like you guys, it's supposed to be in the eighties later in this week, but we had like, I think it was 32 last night. So we had frost warnings out and, you know, they say for us in the South, you can plant after tax day, which is April 15th, this year, April 18th, but that's not really true.
1: No, it's not, you know, (laughs) I refuse to put on my winter jacket. Like I put it away already. If it's forty-seven degrees, I'll deal with it. But I
2: refuse <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. you know, Chicago has really cruel winters. We get blizzards. We, it, it they call it the one hundred days of summer here in Chicago because we literally only have like a hundred days of summer. Everything after that is just snow and rain yeah. and, and things like this. Going from eighty degrees to forty degrees, it's it's too much already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. We're all like, okay. And when it when it gets warm like this, you know, like it will this weekend, we're like, Okay, I think I think we've passed that mark, so we're not we're not gonna have any more cold weather and then all of a sudden it just kinda <laughs> comes out of nowhere. So
1: Yep. The older I'm getting, the more I understand why people move to like Arizona and Florida. Yeah. Like I can't you know, and I always joke around that I'm not A native plant to here so (laughs) i'm from mexico so it's warm like i just can't deal with this cold
0: so that's great so you're from mexico you're living in chicago how long have you lived in chicago
1: i came here when i was four so i i feel like this is my home um i know mexico will always be my my original motherland but i've been here since i was four and we've gone back to mexico to visit but it never really feels like home anymore
0: yeah. So what part of Mexico?
1: My parents are from Michoacan, which is down to the south of Mexico. Um, but I was more I was born in Mexico City. Mm, okay. So yeah, where my dad used to work there. So when they got married, um they settled there and I, I was born there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was curious. My mother in law is from Tampico and oh, which is okay. I think that's more north of uh, yeah, Mexico. Yeah. yeah so Well, so you've lived here a long time and you've been really doing well with your refinishing business. Thank you. How's it doing this year? I mean, like since we're in 2022, we've come out of the pandemic.
1: It's a funny story because um, I moved into my first shop this year, something that I had not planned I literally was still in my garage in December and trying to figure out how to add heat to my garage because I'm like, I'm still going to be here for another two years. And then this opportunity came about to um, partner up with another family member for a shop. And we literally just moved in. Like we came to see it a week before Christmas and we moved in the second week of January. And it's been a whirlwind. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's exciting, though. It
1: it is. It is. Um, you know, when you do your New Year's resolution or what we wanted to do for you know the New Year, I had all these plans for Black Lab, and now I'm like, what am I doing now? <laughs> <laughs> what is, but but we've been managing. We we still do our custom work. We're selling our pieces. I'm lucky to have a um, part of the shop that has like uh, an office space, so we're converting uh-huh. that into a showroom. So it really is exciting. Uh, I'm really excited to see the we are leases for three years. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where the next three years takes Black Lab.
3: Now,
0: is this having a, a shop like this? Is this been a, is this a dream that you've had for a while? Or did it just kind of come out of nowhere where you really hadn't really thought about having a shop?
1: Yeah, it is a dream. Um, it's things that we talked with my husband about, maybe like um, buying a commercial space, like, uh, you know, with the, Weather in Chicago—it's either really humid in the summer and it's hard to work in the garage, or it's really cold. So we knew that if we wanted to continue to do black lab and the amount of custom work we were taking in, we really had to figure something out in you know, the mm-hmm. long term. But yeah, I—I I don't know where this came from the universe that it, it came so rapidly. Um, it definitely was a dream to be here. It's, it's still, I, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I come yeah. in here, I, I, I get so excited to come in here um, to have a, a space to work and now soon a space to um, bring in clients to see mm-hmm. pieces or to talk about custom work. So it's, it is very exciting.
0: But, so you're doing, you're going to have a showroom, but you're also doing the refinishing there as well, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. So it's like there's a shop space in the back and then there's an, a huge office space in the front. So that's going to be the showroom.
0: Yeah. So how far is the studio from your house?
1: Oh yeah, it's far. <laughs> it's an, it's it? about an hour away. Yeah. Oh, We're wow. in Frankfort, Illinois, but it made sense because a lot of the customs that I was taking was from this area. So I'm telling you, it's really funny how everything just came together.
0: Oh, that's neat. I mean, what's that like now, working not at home? I guess there's some advantages, disadvantages.
1: A lot better. My mom jokes around with me because. Yeah, because right here you wouldn't really get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> you get so yeah. distracted, I would come inside and then the dogs are there, the cats are there, and then, you know, it, it's it's a lot easier to get work done here, for sure.
0: Yeah. Have you been able to be disciplined? Like, okay, I am going to work till 5, 6 o'clock and then I am going home. How's that going? I am on?
1: learning. Yeah. I am learning because I... um I don't know. I don't know how to stop working. And that was one of the big issues at home. I'd be working at all hours of the day. Sometimes I'd be in my garage at three in the morning. It's crazy like that. But um, now here I have to tell myself, like, you got to leave by five so you can be at home at six and, you know, have dinner with your family and unwind. Um, And now I'm very disciplined in the fact that I don't want to come in here on the weekends. And so I try to get all my work done during the week. It's, it's still something I'm working on for sure. A lot of my friends here in the community will tell me you need to take a break.
0: Well, just t- just hang in there. Don't get discouraged because it, like you said, it takes time to make adjustments to your schedule exactly. and to what you're used to. And so just give yourself that leeway. So where do you get most of your pieces that you refinish?
1: Now through Facebook Marketplace. We used to buy our pieces at Goodwill, but here in our area, they stopped. Uh, taking in furniture pieces which is a huge bummer because we would find some really great pieces for next to nothing that meant we could make more profit of you know when we Mm -hmm. sold them um and now it's through facebook marketplace and it's a struggle because you're literally driving around the whole state of illinois to find a good piece and with gas prices the way they are right now (laughs) we really have to I'll look at my husband. I'm like, look at this piece. And we'll see that it's like 45 minutes away an hour. And he'll look at me like, is it worth it? And I'm like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of times you can't really know the condition until you go look at it. And then you've already driven that far.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I wonder why they stopped selling furniture. Did Did you hear an explanation as to that?
1: I still go in there to find, you know, smalls to work on. But um, I think it's more of the the space that they didn't want to give to furniture. Or I read an article on how they when people don't buy those pieces, they have to dispose of them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of money.
0: Uh, I see. It just doesn't, didn't make sense for their business plan. Now, I wonder no. if, do you have the, uh, I believe it's the Habitat for Humanity Restores. Do we, you have those up we there? We do.
1: We do. And we have Salvation Army. But I'll tell you that it's, it's quite pricey here.
0: Is it? Okay.
1: Yeah. It was completely like night and day to the prices that I would find at Goodwill.
0: You you may want to check too. I have heard, and I don't know if this is true everywhere, but a lot of times those stores will have certain days where they discount everything by 50%.
1: I have heard, and I definitely have to check it out. I definitely have to check it out. Either way, I always, if I find value in the piece, I'll pick it up and I'll buy it, you know, especially if I know that I can still, you know, mark it up a little more and still make some profit. Um, And nowadays the way I think about it is like, just buy yourself the good pieces, even if they're a little bit more expensive, but the ones that you don't have to put a lot of work into.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and the, and the the other side of that too is you need to um, adjust your prices as well. I mean, if you pay some more for something, then and you put a lot of work into it, then you need to adjust your prices, so yeah, making sure of you're course. getting making good money off of it. And I think that's just expected anyway in the industry. Um, of course, do you, yes. Do you ever find curbside pieces?
1: You know. Not in Chicago. It's very funny. Um, not in the south side of Chicago. Usually you'll find good curbside pieces in the north side. Everything that's good in Chicago is in the north side, is unfortunately.
0: There... <laughs> <laughs> you have, have to make those trips up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky that my husband drives a sedan because if he had an SUV, he'd be bringing pieces from the north side all the time. He works in that area. But, um, and then we'd fill up with more inventory yeah. than we're supposed to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I always laugh because, uh, you know, Kristen, in fact, she was on podcast last week and, and she often finds curbside pieces. And I'm like, man, you know, in the South, when you live in a country, you never find curbside pieces. I guess it's more living in, densely populated areas where um you know where you see that kind of thing but uh, we're I think
1: in I- the suburbs here in illinois so now that i'm in a suburb unfortunately i'm in a suburb where next the next town over is several miles away it's all farmland over here so- oh,
0: okay <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Unfortunately,
0: out over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sandra, how did you get into refinishing?
1: I one day through scrolling through Instagram. I always love telling this story. I saw um, Natalie from Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot her um, handle. But it was sunlight. yes, Natalie from Array of Sunlight, uh-huh. Katie Cloud, Courtney from Twig and Time, and I started seeing them work on furniture. I'm like, what is this? I've never seen this before. And it sparked a curiosity to look into other refinishers. And I was showing my mom and she said, I think you can do that. And she actually bought my first dining set that I flipped and I ended up selling it back to her. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) (laughs) And I was hooked from there. That was five years ago. I was hooked and I was still working full time. And my weekends would just consist of, you know, flipping furniture and learning because there was a lot to learn. So I had no idea what I was doing.
0: That's such a cool story. I love that. And I really love that. She brought the piece back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I want it.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, well, that's really neat. She's got the first piece. That's a lot of, that's a neat story. Yeah,
1: And, and my first pieces were usually sold to family members. Um, one of her sisters has been a return customer. She's always um, asking me to either paint her pieces or mm. source the piece for her. So that's where I got my start. And it was a great way to start that way because it gave me a little grace to, yeah, you know, right. make errors instead of like selling pieces to clients <laughs>
0: Yeah. Took some of the pressure off, I'm sure.
1: Definitely, yes.
0: So what is your favorite part of refinishing?
1: The staging.
0: <laughs> I knew the that. Staging. Was, I yes. That's what I was gonna oh, the that's staging.
1: Good. A lot of people don't like the staging part i 've always hear people frustrated with it, but it takes time it takes time if If you would go down to my feed and see the first pictures, um, you can definitely see i've come a long way yeah. so but i as i've learned my staging style and now it's my favorite part because I see the piece, and i don 't see it for what it is at the moment. I just mm-hmm. see the end product and how pretty it 's going to look once it 's staged
0: yeah uh, you know i I've often thought that too because There's so much work that goes into refinishing, and and you're so excited to get it like completed, right? And so when you're staging, that piece is done. It is sealed, and then you get to put all the icing on the top, which is the staging, and make it you know, just look, you know, really presentable in a very positive way. So uh, that that makes, certainly makes sense. Well, I know everyone's eager to hear about your Zebra Golden Brush Awards win. Sandra won, of course, Best Staging, and it was a tough competition as there were tons of amazing entries. So, Sandra, let's talk about your win. Tell us about your piece and then tell us about the staging.
1: It definitely was tough competition. I was running up against, um, D-Rum vintage is just amazing with her staging, and I was really surprised that I won actually <laughs> really surprised <laughs> i was very you? proud I was really proud of that piece. I honestly feel like that 's the one piece that I, um from twenty twenty one that I really put my heart into when it came to the staging. This color was sent to me from a company for a product release. And I didn't get to choose it. They just sent it to me. And I was freaking out (laughs) because (laughs) I, yes, it's a, it's a red color. And I've only done one small farmhousey type milk painted piece that was red. After that, I would probably run away from red. So I knew that I was going to have to eventually sell this piece. So I, I, I went into Pinterest. I started looking into inspiration for it. And everything that would come up was um, like a farmhouse style. Mm -hmm. And I wanted something a little different because here in the city, for me, farmhouse doesn't really sell. Right now, Mm -hmm. what's hot here in the city is like MCN looks Mm -hmm. and clean and classics. So I went into Pinterest and I found some beautiful modern vintage spaces and I said, okay, that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to make it look modern and vintage because the piece that I had picked up at the Goodwill <laughs> was this beautiful vintage piece. And and I ran with it.
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, I know it's funny when you were talking about it being red, you know, that is a challenge. And I don't know what the, the, the color of it is, but it, it's a deep red. So it's really quite beautiful. And uh, there's a simplicity about the design of the piece. Yes. Uh, the way you treated it that is really nice i'm I'm assuming you've sold that piece.
1: Yes, it actually went into a return client. Um, she saw it. she's like, I love it and I I she's she has like an eclectic style because she has green secretary of mine. so I, she mm-hmm. loves bold and that's something that I wanted to portray with the red that red's a little scary sometimes to people but I wanted to find a way to stage it where people could feel like they could have this piece at home.
0: Right. Yeah. So, Speaking of staging, uh, tell us about the process of staging that you went through and how long did it take you to arrive at this final look?
1: Well, when I was looking into the inspiration through Pinterest and those, there was two images that I found of um, interior decor that was red. And there was this one picture of a, I think it was a library in a home and it was red walls and it was modern and vintage at the same time. And it had a whole bunch of like gold frames on the floor, and I. That's when I just thought oh, it's gonna look really nice, and then incorporate incorporate some of that red into some of that mm-hmm. staging, and that's where I have the the full not greenery but the fla- the florals, yeah. mm-hmm. and it it kind of ties back into the color of uh, the piece. It's,
0: it's such a balance, isn't it, when it comes to staging, and uh, you've got you know, a chair, you've got pictures on the wall, you've got uh, books on top of the um, chest and you've got the, the floral arrangement that you were talking about. Did you have other options that you played with uh, or was this like, it just came together?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I really got this, um, my idea for the staging even before I started painting the piece I already knew that oh, wow. this is what I wanted to go for. So I kinda knew what I would probably need to get. I had to go to the thrift store and get more of those uh frames. I faux painted them and then by chance I went to uh Hobby Lobby and I found that um that big uh piece um the frame in front uh-huh. of and top of it. And again it looks very vintage too. So yeah. I it just went together. Everything else there I had at home. But yeah, even before I painted my piece, I already knew this is the idea I want because I I think I struggle with ADHD. So I'm pretty sure (laughs) if I would have left it last minute, I would have struggled so much.
0: So tell us about your prop gathering process. You mentioned going to Hobby Lobby to get the frame that's above the piece. Is that a common thing that you do? Like you get the piece Mm. and then you start thinking about what you want to do. So you go out shopping or like, what's that look like?
1: The Hobby Lobby piece was by chance. It was I every time I go to Hobby Lobby for like knobs, I go and look at their clearance section. And I actually got that frame for about $5, which wow. is a huge from the original pricing was huge. And I knew it was something that I could reuse over and over. So I took it home um, and it was perfect for that dresser.
0: It sounds like so then when you are out and about, you probably always have kind of props on the back of your mind, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. I kind of think if if I do go to Hobby Lobby, it's so easy to just pick up anything that's pretty, even at Target. I always think to myself, is this something that I can reuse again in staging? So I, you know, I do think about is this is this a good buy? Um, am mm-hmm. I gonna be able to reuse this, or is it just I? I'm right now. I'm sitting in the room where I keep all my staging stuff. And there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm like, I'm never going to use that again. (laughs) (laughs) So I've learned along the way to really think, is this a good buy? Am I going to be able to reuse this? Or is this just going to sit there? And then it's just money that I wasted.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, this, this piece is uh, phenomenal. It's interesting. Uh, I always kind of joke with the Ventured Sisters, you know, because they won best staging in 2019 and yes. 2020 and they were finalists in this uh, last competition as well. And I've always told them, you know, you guys, you guys don't, you know, one of the, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, You, but generally speaking, one of the rules is to go simple, especially if you're not really sure about what you're doing when it comes to staging but the vintage sisters use quite a few props and they do a phenomenal job of putting everything yes. in the right place. And obviously you do that as well. I mean, there are a number of pieces in this, uh, win, but they don't take away from the furniture piece itself. And yes. so, uh, you know, it's, there's, it's obviously you're, you guys are talented in staging because it shows.
1: It's something that I acquired with time. I, I, I'm i not going to lie and say <laughs> that I have an eye for design like that. It took time, but yeah. yes, I do. I do. For the last five years, I looked at people that inspire me and like Sarah from sitting pretty, like she is phenomenal with their staging for yes. me from twig and time. I look at their staging and I, and I kind of gather, you kind of start gathering that they use the same formula all the time because that's what speaks to them, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've kind of learned to to find my own formula with staging and it's it's helped me along the way. So I kind of trust my eye for staging now and I know what goes together and what doesn't go together. I always tell that to friends when they ask me for help, like, okay, what what do you like? I'll tell them like, what what kind of style do you like? And look at other painters or uh, refinishers who have the same style that you like. And then you'll start learning from there.
0: Yeah, you emulate what you like and what you admire. And then you're able to take that and really develop your own style from that. So that's excellent. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, Sandra is going to share her staging tips.
4: Hey guys, this is Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. Zebra brushes are absolutely incredible. Whether you're a furniture painter, a DIYer, or a home renovator, zebra brushes are an absolute must have. Uh, my husband always says that I have a champagne taste on a beer budget and these brushes fit that bill perfectly. They give you an incredible finish, whatever you're painting, whatever medium you're using, and they're super affordable. My favorite currently is the two-inch angled stubby. It has a short handle, which I love. The bristles are the perfect thickness, and you can paint an entire piece of furniture, trim, doors, whatever it is. Um, It's kind of an all-encompassing brush, but they do have a very wide array of shapes and sizes for whatever project you're working on.
0: Thank you for your kind words, Sarah. We are back with Sandra, best staging winner in the 2021 international zebra golden brush awards. Sandra, how important is staging?
2: I
1: think it's very important. It's especially if you're selling your pieces it could really uh make or break your piece um, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be the defining thing whether they're gonna buy it or not because people want to it's what like when you go to the store and you see something on a mannequin and you don't even know how it's gonna look on you yet, <laughs> you already know it looks great,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really good. Well, you mentioned uh, uh, that staging wasn't always easy in the beginning, but you emulated what others were doing and uh, you've really grown to love it. So we want to hear from you on some staging tips. So why don't you share your first staging tip for us?
1: Sure. I think staging can be very frustrating but if you take these small tips that have helped me along the way, maybe they can help you too. So the first thing that I do is even before I start painting my piece, I already start thinking, okay, what colors do I want to incorporate with the color that I'm using on my piece? Am I going to use all neutral colors with my staging? Do I want to use a pop of color? So when you start thinking about it, even before you start painting your piece, you'll start thinking it along the way and when it comes to the day where you start staging it's going to be a lot easier for you. Well,
0: that makes a lot of sense. i never thought about that to actually think about it even before you know uh, you really begin the refinishing process because I think a lot of times most people just wait until the end <clears throat> then they see their piece and then they start putting the props. Oh, that's great, Sandra. Why don't you go ahead and share your second tip for us?
1: So my second tip ties back to what I was saying earlier that when you go uh, shopping for staging items, always make sure that you're buying something that You'll be able to use again, invest into good canvases that, you know, will go with other pieces. Full greenery that looks real is a little costly, but it's worth the buy. Um, These are things that you'll be able to reuse again um, instead of, you know, having to shop around all the time for uh, every piece that you're going to stage. You'll have your go-to items that fits with your style that you'll, you'll, figure out along the way. So
0: that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, because maybe folks that are new to the industry and just getting into staging, possibly like maybe they have to have unique staging props for every piece. And that's not the case. I mean, once you find something that works, it can oftentimes work in other pieces as well.
1: Yeah, because I, I have a ton, <laughs> tons of things here. And <laughs> if you look at my last couple of pictures, you'll see me using the same items over and over I think they're good. You know, why, why um, change something that doesn't need changing?
0: Right. Excellent. Well, what's your third staging tip?
1: When you're going to sell your item, what I like to do is create some staging that it's attainable for my clients. So, you know, make it easy for them to recreate at home. Usually when people look at our pieces, they want to be able to not only take your piece of furniture home, but recreate that same style because I'm pretty sure that's what spoke to them to buy the piece in the first place. Um, so keep it attainable, you know, with items that they're going to be able to find too. Um, it's it's kind of hard when you put that unique item in there th- if they're not going to be able to recreate it.
0: Yeah, unless they go, hey, can I buy that too? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I've heard several refinishers say that that uh, they've had instances where the customer says, you know, I really love the piece, but I also love the way you staged it. I'd like to be able to buy all of that together. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So what's your fourth staging tip?
1: Well, I like to keep my staging simple enough where my piece still pops out more than the staging. Um, I'm still trying to sell my piece, so. I, I don't make it so busy that, you know, they're looking more at the staging than at the piece itself.
0: That's an excellent point. And that and is something just to keep in the forefront. Like, why am I staging? <laughs> you know, that's yes, exactly. the main purpose. Yeah, I'm, I'm staging to sell.
1: I think when I started, we, we used to be more like artsy about our mm-hmm. staging, and now I try to keep it more towards what are they going to use it for? So I'll, I'll bring in if it's going to be used as a console, I'll stage it like a console. Now keep it, you know, simple enough where, uh, they could see it as a console, but even if they're thinking about it as a dresser, you know, the staging won't affect the decision of whether they're going to buy it or not.
0: That's a really good point there too. you know some pieces can be used in multiple different places in the home you know it's good to probably not stage it in such a specific way that people can't see it in other other parts of their home so that's an excellent yes. point as well so you have five tips for us so what's your last tip
1: Less is more <laughs> Less is definitely <laughs> more
0: <laughs> That's good
1: So sometimes you know I I've seen um one of the people that I just admire so much right now with their staging is Diane from Field & Co. Mm-hmm. And if you look at her stuff, it's just like simple, classic, less is definitely more. And, you know, her pieces pop out and her staging is, is amazing. But that's I think that's a trend that I see now more Like less is definitely more.
0: That's got to be comforting for new folks or even folks who maybe they're great at refinishing, but they're just so uncomfortable with staging. And uh, to know that less is more is a important thing to remember because it just, I mean, that should take some of the pressure out of the staging process.
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because I was was in that same boat once where I I thought I had to buy all the things. And after a conversation with another refinisher, She's like, if you notice, a lot of people use the same props over and over and it's very simplistic. So I took that advice and I and I implemented it into my staging.
0: That's that's excellent. You know, and we've shared on here before on previous podcasts that start out really simple. I mean, you can even start out by putting your piece in front of your staging wall, taking a picture of it before you put any props on it. I mean, I've actually seen some pieces that it's just in front of a staging wall without any props. And so that's, that's could be your first option. And then kind of go from there, maybe add a piece, uh, a prop or two. Yeah. Take another photograph of it and then work your way into where you're like, you know, because you're going to know after you take the first or second shot, whether that's it or not. And if it's not, then you just add more to it until you get it to where you want it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or you add a lot of stuff to it, and then you start taking off. <laughs> there you go.
0: That's a good idea as well. Yeah, excellent. Because <laughs> I've done
1: that. <laughs> like it looks too busy, and then I'll, I'll just start taking things off. Like now that doesn't go. And yeah. I think I have a reel where I one of the dressers that I had was not selling, and it was an amazing dresser. So I restaged it, and I, in the reel you'll see me taking stuff on, putting stuff back, and so you you'll know. You know, you'll know what, what goes with your piece and your style and and then you'll say jackpot. This is it.
0: Now, are certain pieces easier to stage than others?
1: Yes. Um, secretaries, for me, I love secretaries, but they are harder for me to stage because just trying to be creative on how to sell it, mm-hmm. how someone can incorporate it. Who needs a secretary? Nobody needs a secretary, but everybody should have a secretary. That's <laughs> <And laughs> It's me trying to convince them through pictures on why they need one. Um, secretaries are hard for me to, to stage. And then dressers I think are always the easiest because they can be used in multiple ways. You can use them as a console now or entryway, you know. Those are fun to stage because you can get really creative, um, you have more opportunities with that one.
0: Well, Sandra, these are excellent tips. And I'm sure everyone, whether you're new to the industry or whether you've been refinishing and staging for a while, will find these tips very, very helpful. Well done on winning best staging. And thanks for sharing your staging tips. You are an incredibly talented artist and a gift to the community. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Sandra, and have a great refinishing day.
1: Thank you, Lane. You too.
0: Today's refinishing tip comes from Kimberly with Born in a Barn Boutique.
5: Hi everyone, this is Kimberly from Born in a Barn Boutique. I'm so happy to be here to bring you a refinishing tip today. One of my most popular finishes is the paint washes that I do, and I get asked all the time how to get the best finish. So I'm going to share with you a few tips to get the flawless finish. First and foremost, the surface you're going to be applying it to should be sanded to bare wood for the most optimal final result sanding your piece to bare wood working through the grits i typically start with 100 grit and i work my way up using 120 150 and 180 wipe your piece clean and then select a good brush or brushes this is key i just recently did a video showing my process and i used the two and a half inch top coat brush for my wash and the three inch for my top coat following side note they're kind of amazing You're going to then select two colors, a mid-tone and a light color. I mix my paint ratio at about 50-50 water and paint. Long, even strokes with the grain, and you're going to cover the entire piece, not work in sections. You're going to overlap and blend the two colors. Having a water mister bottle on hand is key. This is a great way to continue to keep your surface wet and keep it workable, giving you the optimal blend for the final result. You're going to wipe back immediately with clean lint-free rags and then you're going to repeat the process until you achieve the the desired look you want. Top coating using your favorite top coat and my new favorite top coat brush, the Zebra 3-inch is perfect for large surfaces. There you go.
0: Thank you, Kimberly. Your insight into paint washing will be incredibly beneficial. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week.
6: Hi, this is Bethany from A, B, and C Creations. And what's happening in my studio this week? Well, this week I'm working on a lot of dressers. I had a great thrift store haul this last week and came home with four dressers and a set of French provincial nightstands with a hutch. And thankfully, those nightstands were in great shape. So all I did was updated it a little bit with some wallpaper and added matching wallpaper to the hutch to make it a complete set. As for the dressers, I have one that was homemade, and I was able to strip the paint off that and repaint it with a nice navy blue and was able to keep the original hardware with it, which I was super excited about. I also have a tall boy that I haven't started yet, and I really need some inspiration on that. So if you have any ideas, please shoot me a message on what you'd like to see my tall boy turn into. And finally, my Three drawer dresser is kind of my pain in the neck this week. I've been stripping it. Somebody painted it with latex paint and trying to sand that down and hopefully get that to a nice white and brown faux wood finish. So wish me luck. I'll hopefully be posting the before and after photos soon on my Instagram page. Have a good day.
4: everybody it's kelsey from renewed rose designs this week i'm working on a really adorable antique dresser with a matching mirror i actually picked up this piece last summer so it's about time i got started working on it the dresser itself is in really great shape it's got caster wheels everything on it works perfectly you can tell it's been really well taken care of So that should be a pretty quick flip. The mirror that comes with it has a little issue attaching to the stand. So it will take some time for me to repair that. But I'm really excited to get started on this piece. I picked out a really beautiful stormy gray blue color that I've never used before. So I cannot wait until this piece is finished and I get to share it with you all.
3: Hi, I'm Shelly from Cedar and Sage Furniture in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thanks, Lane, for having me on this week. This week in the studio, I have a couple really amazing pieces that I'll be working on. First is an MCM long dresser. Uh, it was actually crafted from Crescent Furniture Company in Warren, PA. It has a traditional blonde finish on it right now, so I'll be stripping all of the drawers and then staining them in nutmeg from general finishes and then top coating with Odie oil which will give it a really rich look the base i'll be painting in jet black from melange and this dresser will be very sleek and modern looking yet still have a classic vibe to it i'll be keeping the original hardware it's actually really cool ring pulls and i'll just be restoring them the brass is actually in really good condition actually the entire dresser is in really good condition there's only a few minor filling that i have to do Uh, Then I also have a vintage tall dresser that I've mixed a custom color with Melange paints for a really deep green. And for this one, I'll be adding brand new brass long pulls to them. Uh, This will also have a very sleek, clean look to it. And then I just have a couple uh, commissioned pieces to finish up for a couple clients. So super busy here at the studio this week for sure. Um, to see the finished pieces, check out my Instagram Cedar and Sage underscore Furniture and Facebook Cedar and Sage Furniture. Thanks so much, and have a great week, everyone.
0: Thank you, friends, listeners. Make sure you go check out their social media feeds. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Beginner's Bucket, a new segment this season to give new refinishers an opportunity to ask questions from their more experienced refinishing friends. If you have a question that you would like answered, just send me an email at lameballandjoyzebra.com and we'll ask an experienced refinisher and play the answer here on the podcast. This week's question comes from one of several questions that refinishers have asked over the years, and Chris Donna with Bella Renovari by Chris Donna will answer this week's question.
2: Hey everybody, it's Kristana from Bella Renovare by Kristana. And the question is, can you paint over milk paint with chalk paint or vice versa? Can you paint over chalk paint with milk paint? Yes, yes, and yes. But one of the things that you need to be aware of is the surface that you're going to be painting over. So if you have a piece that was painted in milk paint or chalk paint and it has a wax over top of it, Generally, these paints do not like to go over an oil-based wax, so you're going to have to remove the wax before you go over that finish again. Or let's say that you have painted a piece and you have a top coat, a polycrylic or something over top of it. Then what you're going to want to do is clean the piece really well, do a light scuff sand, and then have at it. Either paint your chalk paint over that pre-existing milk paint or vice versa, If you want to layer these two together, you absolutely can. So you can put chalk paint over milk paint and you can put milk paint over chalk paint if you want to work with those together. So I hope that answered your guys' question. I hope you guys have an amazing day and happy creating everybody. Bye.
0: Thanks, Kristana, for taking the time to cover all the bases when painting over different kinds of paints. Most helpful. Accolades is defined as an acknowledgement of merit. Welcome to our new segment on the podcast called, well, accolades. We wanted to give refinishers the opportunity to give accolades to their fellow refinishers that they admire for their extraordinary refinishing skills and hard work. This week's accolades are given by Casey with Magnolia Martin Designs.
5: Hey everybody, this is Casey with Magnolia Martin Designs, and I really want to give accolades to Julia with Jewel in the Wall Furniture. Not only is her furniture absolutely stunning and clearly well done, but her photos are so cohesive and warm and they just bring everything together. It makes you feel like you want to be in that room with that piece of furniture
4: in every photo.
0: Thanks, Casey. And accolades, Julia. Many of you have asked for zebra wearables and last year we introduced our really cool aprons. Later this week we are premiering zebra shirts. These short sleeve shirts are made of 100% organic cotton and have a curved hem at the bottom so no need to tuck them in. The message that you all will love on these shirts says paint more stress less and we offer you two graphic choices to choose from. Stay tuned as they debut later this week. And more importantly, Mother's Day is just around the corner. And for the moms who love refinishing, crafting, DIY, and pro-painting, we have the perfect gift. It's our special mom's paintbrush set. It includes a 2-inch stubby brush, 2-inch chiseled wedge, our round brush, our new 2-inch Palm Pro top coat and a choice of one of the new t-shirt designs. Make sure you follow our IG account at Zebra Painting. As well, you can sign up on our email and texting list to learn about these specials. Sign up through our IG stories or on our website at enjoyzebra.com. Do I hear rain? Yes, and we are singing the blues with the Zebra Review the month of April with all the rain that typically falls, getting the flowers ready for their beautiful display in May and June. With that said, lots of blues are on the docket to choose from for refinishing your pieces, hence our theme, singing the blues. Tag your blue pieces that were refinished from April 1st through April 30th, 2022 with hashtag the Zebra Review. Our five judges will be choosing three winners. Our judges are Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Cloud of Katie Cloud, Katie Scott of Salvage by K. Scott, Lauren Schwatina of Portland Rose Studio, and Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Our sponsors this month include Lily Moon Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paintbrushes. (laughs) Great, that's how means that you guys are duck hunting. Wonderful and excellent timing because we are getting close to the 2022 Zebra Furniture Flip with host Gin Tally. And just like our fall flip, everyone is invited to participate. If you are not already, begin your duck hunting now because it all begins on May 5th and you'll have until May 19th to complete your flip. Jen will choose the three finalists on May 25th and then the public will vote for their favorite and the winner will be announced on June 1st. We have some incredible sponsors this season, Melange Paints, Mud Paint, Shakto Interiors, Surf Prep Sanding, Lawless Hardware and Zebra. Begin using the hashtag ZebraFurnitureFlip and tag ZebraPainting and Jen's account Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. RES, in your stories and posts so we can follow along. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra's Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy refinishing.